Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. I'm pleased to welcome Atul Bardwaj to the broadcast. Atul is the Executive Vice President and Chief Digital and Technology Officer of Lego Group, a company with about $9 billion in annual revenue that is the, the founder and operator, the developer, I should say, of the iconic bricks that so many of us have played with as children and many still as adults as well. It's a role that he's held for uh, roughly a year now. Uh, he's run supply chain and or technology at companies such as Media Market Saturn and Tesco. He was a partner at Accenture prior to uh, his time in industry. And he's lived in many countries uh, and worked in many countries around the world. I'm looking forward to, to discussing with him not only his current post, but also his career as an international citizen of sorts and uh, the lessons that he's drawn from, from such a diverse set of experiences that he brings now uh, to the LEGO group. But first, a word from our partner, Transmit Security, and the company's co-founder and president, Rakesh Lunkar. Transmit Security is a cybersecurity organization that focuses on identity experience and is enabling a secure and passwordless future. They also recently received the highest Series A venture capital investment in history for a cybersecurity company at a valuation of $2.2 billion. Rakesh wanted to share a couple of recommendations for technology and digital executives on how to improve a company's cybersecurity infrastructure. Thank you so much, Peter. First, I strongly recommend to take part of their budget and dedicate it to really innovative companies. It has to be built into the budgets up front so that it serves as a forcing function to really look for new technologies. The, the second recommendation is outside of identity. There are two very interesting classes of security technologies that are emerging. The first one is improving the quality of code to make sure that your developers are not introducing software vulnerabilities. The second is cloud security. I think we're in the first inning of hundreds of companies that will be created offering really innovative ways of securing the multitude of problems in the cloud environments. I just want to leave your audience with this a last thing. Every single time they have to enter their password, change their password, can't remember their password or any other problems, please remember transmit security. And now on to the interview. Atul, it's great to speak with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, Peter, it's an absolute pleasure to be here uh, with you today. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. As am I. Thank you so much. Well, let's, let's begin with your role, if we could. I mentioned you were the Executive Vice President, Chief Digital and Technology Officer of Lego Group. I also mentioned, uh, you know, as soon as, at least for me, as I hear the word Lego, I think uh, of, of playing with these bricks with my, my, uh, my sons, of building buildings, of building, you know, vehicles, uh, and, 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 you know, being down on the carpet of our living room and sort of building together. Uh, I see in your background, for those, for those who are listening, they won't see this, but I see some things that you have built, uh, as you mentioned with your family, including the, uh, the Roman Colosseum and, and even a, a, uh, what, what looks from a little bit of a distance, like almost a painting of John, John Lennon. So many different things that, uh, that Legos can be used for. But talk for you, if you would, uh, for a moment about your role as chief digital and technology officer in an organization like this. Well, yes, uh, uh, thank you, Peter. I'm delighted to. I mean, I, I joined the business um, um, about nine months ago now, so, um, so I'm still relatively new uh, to the Lego Group. Um, but I joined the business because um, uh, the, the Lego Group, uh, which has been a very successful business, uh, anchored in the physical uh, brick, um, um, uh, has uh, decided to embark strategically on a, on a, on a digital transformation. 
Um, um, it, it's a big part of our strategy is to really um, embrace digital, both in terms of uh, embracing in the play experience, you know, how do we bring the physical and the digital together as a play experience, but also um, into, you know, how do our shoppers who shop with us and are increasingly using digital as a mechanism to shop with us, how do we then um, service their needs? Um, how do we work with our partners who, who sell for us, um, who are increasingly becoming more and more digital? How do we make sure we service their needs and also uh, the colleagues that work with us um, in our stores, in our factories, in our head offices. How do we make sure that we are increasingly digitizing their experiences that they have with us? So my role as a chief digital and technology officer is to um, really provide some shape to that transformation strategy that we have to um, uh, start to execute on it, to um, help us develop the digital products that we want to build, both in the um, you know in the play experience that we're thinking about, but also in the um, uh, experience that our shoppers and our uh, colleagues and our partners have as they interact with us. And so I'm here to help um, develop the products. Um, as part of that, I, I look after the, the technology team. So uh, one of my big roles is to um, really take our technology teams um, from you know kind of an IT uh, organization into a modern technology organization. What does that mean in terms of um, skill sets in terms of tooling, in terms of capabilities that we need to have um, in order to um, service the need for, for our digital transformation. So the role is as much about kind of making sure we define um, uh, the right product strategies, the right digital product strategies that we, we need to build, but also uh, around making sure we build them the right way um, uh, so they're scalable, so we can operate them, so they're instrumented, uh, and we have the right technology skills in, 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 our, in our organization to service those needs. So it's really quite a broad role and really uh, quite an exciting journey that we're on. It certainly sounds it. I'd love to uh, uh, cover uh, several of the topics you raised there in a little bit more depth, if you don't mind, Adel. Uh, sure. So you talked about the digital components of, of the products themselves and some, some ways in which you can kind of enrich the experience and, and uh, by extension, uh, you know, join uh, customers in the digital realm. So many of them becoming, especially digital natives, among your customer set, which will only be a growing uh, um, subset of your of your customer base. As as from this point forward, everyone will be a digital native. Uh, talk a bit about some of the ways in which that's brought to life. Are there some examples that you can you can provide there? Yeah, I mean, we have some examples um, of products today. I mean, they, like uh, the you know the Super Mario, um, like Video, like Mindstorms. These are examples of products that uh, bring together a, a physical experience with a digital experience. And that's really kind of the journey we're on. Um, I mean, we are anchored in the brick. I mean, what makes our core DNA is that physical experience. It's because we, uh, you know, our, our, our DNA, our mission statement is all about helping children learn through play. And we need to make sure that uh, that, that play experience um, allows um, uh, children to learn, um, allows children to grow, um, allows children to uh, build. Um, and we recognize that, um, you know, in, in the world that we operate in today, um, um, more and more children uh, are interacting more and more with, with digital. Um, and therefore, we do need to then figure out how we can, um, you know, keep to our core, which is that play and that build experience, but enable it, enhance it with some digital experiences. So, uh, you know, Super Mario, uh, Mindstorms are examples of the kind of things that we're looking to do. And there'll be more of that as our teams figure out that play experience that blends that physical and that digital uh, in new and exciting ways. 
That's very interesting. And and you call out that, of course, that so many of us, myself included, were introduced to your products as children, and many continue to use them, whether adults without children or, or adults playing with their children. Different from most uh, organizations like yours, you have a solid block of children who are who are your customers, as well as adults who are your customers, and many, in some cases, adults who are buying for their children, needless to say. As you think about the digital experience for a child relative to the digital experience for an adult, how do you think about some of the differences between those and how, how best to interact with each? I mean, I mean, I mean, each one of those, you know, those personas do have a different needs and different requirements. I mean, so, I mean, we have teams that um, really do a lot of research into how do we service the needs of children, um, um, which tends to be kind of a little bit more kind of gaming, a little bit more, um, you know, um, that's social, there's a bit more of that going, and therefore, and also adults, which tends to be a bit more um, around, um, you know, physical build versus digital build. How do you take a physical uh, build and then think about adding some coding to it so it can change its behavior? These are the kind of things that we're looking to try and bring together. Uh, and they have different needs, and there are different personas that we're, we're trying to solve for. So it is fairly complicated. Um, but there's a lot of work that we do to kind of research into what would work for, you know, smaller children through the world of Duplo, what will work for, um, you know, uh, boys and girls, what would that look like, what would then work for adults, what would that look like, so there's lots of research that goes into these products, and each one of these products will have a different digital dimension to them as we, as we, as we, work, this, as we work this out. And you also mentioned there's a great number of partners, as with any organization of a certain size, certainly one as large as yours, a great number of partners that you interact with themselves going through great digital transformations as well. And so in order to work uh, you know, in concert with them and as effectively as possible, it's also important that you're, you know, you, you, you're keeping up with the pace of, uh, that your partners are in their digital journeys as well. Talk a bit about that kind of ecosystem, if you will, and the way in which you think about your own digital transformation, blending with those those partners that you've developed uh, as they're on their own journeys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the, re the reality is, um, you know, our world is changing so fast, you know, and and you know, to some extent, the pandemic has accelerated our use of digital. I mean, just, we think about this meeting that we're having today; it's over. It's over a digital uh, medium. We think about the way we watch movies, the way we shop, the way we listen to music. You know how it's now so different to what it was. You know maybe ten years ago when we had a CD player, or we went to get a DVD, or we went to. Now I'm showing my age. Um, and so um, the reality is the world is changing so 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 fast. Um, um, our shoppers that shop with us uh, are increasingly shopping with us uh, through more digital medium than through walking to, into our stores through physical medium. And you know, last year alone, we had we almost doubled the number of interactions with our website, and we had 250 million different um, um, uh, visits to our site. Um, that's that's an incredible growth for us. Um, uh, and so we see that um, our shoppers are shopping differently. Uh, we see that our partners are increasingly becoming more and more digital. So the, the partners that sell for us. Um, um, want to have a digital um, um, interaction with us. They want to work more with us seamlessly. Um, increasingly, they're shopping. They're, they're, you know, they're selling through their their own digital channels uh, more as much as their physical channels. So they're becoming more and more channel. Um, we have a retail business that needs to become more and more connected through our website and our stores. That needs to then become more connected. So 
for me, you know, a large part of our journey is about that interaction and that interaction with us, that interface with us is increasingly becoming more and more digital. And that's why we're trying to build out uh, the experiences that we believe our, our shoppers and our partners would want to have with us, which is delightful, seamless and more digitally enabled. One of the things I find very exciting about your role, uh, which is very apparent to anyone who's listening to this, Atul, is that you have a profound external lens to the work that you are doing. You talked about the the way in which you get involved in the digital products and the digital interactions with customers. You talked about uh, just a moment ago uh, the the various partners who are members of your ecosystem and the the ways in which you interact with them as well. The the very fundamental ways in which, uh, from a digital perspective, you're doing that. You also have an in- internal lens to the work that you're doing, needless to say, in terms of, I would assume, uh, modernizing the practices of, of, of an iconic organization, of digitizing the internal operation and so on. I wonder if you could linger a moment and talk a bit about some of uh, the, 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 the current work that you and team are doing to digitize the internal aspects of the company as well. Yeah, that's a big part of our portfolio. So, you know, as much as I mean, when we, we, we talk about the uh, the, the different, um, um, we call them user groups that we're trying to solve for. I mean, we have our consumers that experience our products and they build with us and they're increasingly having that physical digital experiences. How do we then solve for that? We've talked about our shoppers that then, you know, buy from us. You know, how do we then make that a more digital experience for them? We have our partners that sell for us. How do we work with them in a more much more digital way? And then we have our colleagues that work with us, work with us in our in our stores, work with us in our factories, work with us in our head office. And, and increasingly, they would want a more digital experience. So how do we have a consumer-grade colleague experience for everyone that comes uh, and works um, with us in our stores, factories, or head offices? And that's, and that's the journey that we're on, is building that awesome experience for our colleagues so they can really, really, A, um, uh, become focused on the on the task in hand, what they have to do, because all of the data and all of the systems that they need to do their job just work and works seamlessly. That's a big part of our of our journey as well. So our, our transformation really is trying to solve for those four user groups: the consumers, the shoppers, the partners, and our colleagues. And that's what we're. That's the journey we're on. You, you also have an advantage as a technologist that there are peers of yours who run technology or digital for organizations where one's colleagues can't be users of the products. Let's say some esoteric business to business organization, for instance. I would imagine, I certainly want to validate the hypothesis with you, that a great number of people who choose to join your team uh, currently or in the past, you know, were, did in fact interact with the products that, that you are building and selling. And perhaps there's a bit of a passion uh, for Lego, even before joining the company as well, is first of all, is that true? And secondly, uh, you know, what role does that play as you as you think about building your team, a very international team, uh, at that? Yeah, I mean, it plays a really important role. I mean, the, the, we 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 do have a uh, very very strong brand because it's it's anchored in you know in, in in helping children learn through play. That's kind of where we are anchored. So. And, and a lot of um, uh, uh, colleagues that join my team are fans of Lego. They've, they've all experienced Lego. They play with Lego. I'm a big fan of Lego. You can see from my background here uh, that I have a lot of Lego, and I've built a lot of Lego both myself and with my children. 
Um, and so and so a lot of people who come and join us um, 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 are massive, massive fans of, uh, of, of the play experience um, and um, are very excited about um, about um, how we can improve that, how we can make it better, how we can then, you know, using you know, new and modern digital technologies um, really, really innovate, uh, not only on the experience, but also on the interaction um, that, um, that our consumers, shoppers, partners and colleagues have with technology so so we're very excited because we are building out um, a lot of our digital talents we are we are building out um, our talent uh, we're, we're doubling down in our uh, in our centers in, in in London in in Denmark and in Shanghai we have also we also have centers in in the US and Hungary which are very important to us um, but we are looking to then now invest in all of those centers to build some capability and to hire some talent in. Uh, and I'm super excited that as we go out and, and talk to um, talk to um, uh, the industry about what we're trying to do, we have a lot of excitement and interest in, 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 in colleagues wanting to come and join us and, and help us in the journey that we're on. So um, the, uh, the, the business and the products that we, the physical products that we, we make really help, really help. Makes sense. And, and so you started to talk about uh, the, this vast team that you have. Uh, the sun never sets on, on uh, the digital team of, within Lego, given how, how, uh, how it is distributed. Talk a bit about how, how you manage that team and, and the extent to which you have areas of focus, let's say in a Shanghai, different from a London, different from a Copenhagen or Billund, uh, uh, Denmark, uh, or, or the US or Hungary, some of the other places that you mentioned. How do you think about um, where talent, where you are growing talent, and why, and, and is there differentiation uh, based upon the location? Um, I mean, I guess the way I think about this is that I think that um, kind of the world is going on a, on a digital transformation. Most organisations have have some form of a digital transfer, you know, a transformation journey enabled by digital, um, and so we're all kind of um, um, fishing for the same talent. Um, and therefore, we have to leverage the strength of our brand. Uh, we have to think about you know, the locations that we want to um, uh, double down in so that we're actually you know, fishing in a bigger pond for the same talent. Um, but more importantly, you know, I, I, I think you know, we can, you know, other technologies, there is only one language of code, right? And so, and so the, tie, the point that ties us all together is the language of code. So for me, I'm looking to build a global organization where we can put products in each one of these locations. I'm looking to hire great engineers, great agile coaches, great technical program managers, great data analysts, so that we can then start to think about building some of these products in each, any of these locations for the globe, um, because that's where we want to try and get to. And so the way I see this is that we need to, um, we need to go where the talent is, and we need to hire the talent to do awesome work um, uh, based on where the talent is. And what ties us together is the fact that there is only one language of code. And because of that, we can all work consistently together to try and solve some of the problems we have to solve. That's a, a really fascinating insight. It's one of those great insights, frankly, that once I hear you say it, it is obvious. Uh, <laughs> and yet I've not heard many people uh, refer to that very point. Uh, so I wanted to ask you actually a, a related point. I mentioned at the at the outset, you've worked in a very diverse array of countries uh, and continents. Uh, you've you've worked. I, I'm, I won't give an exhaustive list, but they include, of course, uh, Denmark, where you are now, uh, Germany, uh, the UK, Hong Kong. You've had uh, uh, time in the U.S. as well, among many other places. And uh, it's interesting. I, I would imagine, on the one hand, 
being a citizen of the globe as you have professionally must make you much more attuned than the average person as to the cultural nuances of the places that you are entering and working in. Uh, but also, I find it very interesting that that you operate in a medium in technology and, and this digital uh, evolution and revolution that's happening in so many places that does have this sort of tie that bind. You talk about how code is actually something that is a common factor uh, that perhaps cuts through some of those differences as well. I'd, I'd love to have you, if you don't mind, uh, reflect a little bit on that the cultural nuances of and, and the advantages of having worked in so many so many different places, while also, uh, you know, maybe doubling down on this very important point that you make about that some of the common features you have found that 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 act as these ties that bind uh, across a very diverse organization like yours. Yeah, look, I mean, I think I've been very lucky uh, to have experienced a lot of different uh, cultures, and and it brings a richness to to uh, you know how you try and solve problems. It brings lots of different perspectives to how problems are trying, uh, how how you try and solve problems. It brings a lot of experiences. But there is that there is that common bind point that you know when it comes to technology architecture and technology coding, you know there are there it's a very common language. So as you walk into, you know, as I walked into um, uh, some of the projects I was doing in Hong Kong uh, versus some of the projects I was doing in, in in the USA, the actual conversations around the how were very very similar. Um, and so and so um, I think the. Um, um, the the different cultures, the different um, uh, environments, just brings an extra richness to the whole thing, and it's it's awesome to have experienced it all. Um, but the reality is, underneath all of that, we are trying to solve the same problems, and we are trying to solve it in very similar ways. And there's a lot you can lot you can learn um, from the different um, uh, cultures um, in terms of how you approach problems. But I think there's a lot of similarities there. Yeah, it's an interesting and, and, and profound insight. I really appreciate you sharing that. I, I know that, um, you know, at a time when so many people around the world are thinking now about the, the necessity and, in fact, the advantages of building uh, diverse teams, of thinking about diversity and inclusion uh, in, in, in building out teams, that this is a topic that you've also spent a lot of time thinking about. I, I wonder if you wouldn't mind taking a moment and reflecting upon, uh, upon that as well and, and ways in which you foster some of that diversity and inclusion in your own teams. Look, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a super important topic. Um, you know, uh, as an organization, um, you know, diversity and inclusion is, 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 is a big part of our DNA. Uh, it's a big part of um, uh, the way uh, we operate and the way we'd like to operate. Um, you know, we have a, a huge uh, uh, program uh, uh, to help us understand our unconscious bias, um, which is kind of the big thing that we're looking to understand and how we then face into um, to how we face into that. What does that mean? How do we face into that? And how do we try and really uh, push the um, the DNI agenda? Uh, it's it's very important to me. I'm the um, I'm the executive sponsor for our LGBTQ plus uh, community that we have. We have a lot of communities where, uh, as executives, we sponsor and we actively participate in, so we can try and encourage an open debate around the um, some of the potential barriers that exist uh, to be diverse. Um, but it's a it's a constant dialogue and a constant con conversation that we're having. I think as a technologist, uh, it, it's um, it um, um, it uh, it tends to be a bit more tricky to to really be diverse in technology organizations, particularly in deep tech, 
but there's lots of um, um, uh, communities out there which is uh, which encourages the different diverse groups uh, to code to talk about how 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 um, um, how we can um, you know encourage those groups to become part of our family. And so it's something that we're constantly working on and something that we're constantly looking at, particularly as we are hiring um, a lot of um, talent. Um, the one thing that we're, 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 we're constantly looking at is, well, how do we make sure we do that in a, with a significant DNI lens? So it's a, it's a really important topic for us. And we are um, constantly talking about it, understanding it, trying to figure out how we can do things differently to, to move the dial um, uh, and move the dial significantly. Great points all. Thank you so much for, for sharing your perspective on that, uh, Atul. I wanted to also ask you, uh, as you look to the future, what trends particularly excite you as somebody who is so immersed and has been for so long in a variety of iconic brands, uh, in addition to serving many uh, iconic brands as a longtime leader within, within the consulting space as well? Um, you, you're somebody who uh, I'm sure in your DNA is constantly has your radar uh, aware of emerging trends that might apply in some interesting and creative ways to an organization, in this case, like the one you're now a part of in Lego. Uh, what are some of those trends that particularly excite you as you look to the future? Yeah, I mean, there are so many. I mean, I think I do, I do think that um, um, I, I actually think that, you know, we're, we're in this, we're in this midst of kind of what I would call a fourth industrial revolution, you know, because I think industrial revolutions happen when lots of technologies start to intersect and come together and then suddenly lots of capability becomes becomes um, um, available to us and things just transform. Now, if, if I think about what's intersecting today, I mean, we have, you know, artificial intelligence, we have 5G, we have augmented reality, we have quantum computing, we have all of these things coming together. Um, and I think that will then enable us to then solve problems in new and different ways. So I'm constantly getting excited about um, uh, the, the, the technologies that are coming. I mean, what will be here a year from now will be very different to you know, uh, what was here a year ago. And there's so many exciting things that are, that are out there, driverless cars, robotics, I can, I can keep adding to it. And all of these use cases have started to become more and more mainstream and a lot faster. And so the thing for us is to kind of figure out when do we double down um, on a particular technology trend? You know, when will robotics become mainstream and we'll start to really use it in our factories? We use it in our factories today quite a lot. But when does it become a big part of what we do? Um, um, what do we do about driverless cars? When does that become a big part of our end-to-end -end, um, um, supply chain? Um, quantum computing, how do we start to embrace that? You know, where, where, how do we go really um, deep into artificial intelligence? We do a lot with machine learning today, but there's a lot more we can do. Um, and obviously, you know, 5G, what does that offer us in terms of, uh, in terms of that, that um, fluid play experience, that bandwidth that we need to really start to then, you know, um, uh, build um, uh, together uh, digitally um, across many locations? I mean, how do we use 5G to help with, with all of that? So there's lots of exciting things out there uh, which will fundamentally transform uh, the way we operate. Well, Atul Bardwaj, thank you so much for uh, joining me on Technovation today, for providing insights from across a remarkable career to date, uh, sharing some of the experiences over the course of the past uh, roughly year in role uh, as the Chief Digital and Technology Officer of LEGO, some of the remarkable things you and your team are doing uh, to digitize your business and to, uh, to enhance the experience that customers of LEGO might get digitally in addition to the 
the traditional ways in which it uh, tends to interact with with Lego, with the iconic brick. Uh, it's been a great conversation. Well, thank you, Peter. It's been a, it's been a pleasure and uh, to share some, some some of the work that we're doing. I think we're on a very very exciting journey here at the Lego Group. I think most organisations are adopting some form of a digital transformation. It's never been a great time to be a technologist or to be working in technology because there's so many great um, um, innovations and so many great opportunities out there um, for individuals as, as a technologist. So super exciting.